all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and my guest today is Kai Henson. He is a fitness specialist at the University um, Wellness Centers here in the metro area, and we're very uh, pleased that he has joined us today because now is the season of uh, gym and resolutions, and everybody uh, has been wanting to know how to get started or uh, how to build more muscle or get more active in the gym. I know I see it when I uh, go and work out. There's a ton more folks in the gym now than there were about a month ago. And we want to help dispel some of those myths about uh, about the gym and about fitness in general. So if you have a question about exercise or how to get up and get active, we would love to talk with you today. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Kai. Hey, Josie. How's it going? I'm good. It's a wet, soggy, nasty uh, Monday morning here in the metro. Uh, but I'm glad that you were able to make it out and talk with us today because this is a hot topic right now. I get tons of questions um, on my Facebook about exercise and how to start and wanting to make a, a New Year's resolution and a lot of false information that's out there for folks. And that's what we want to start talking about today. But first, I just want to start with the wellness centers and what's what's new? over at the wellness centers well uh we're still we're, we're pushing the the medically integrated fitness big time uh which would soon be called exercise is medicine right that's previously next steps if you've heard the show before and we were talking about medically integrated fitness it was previously called next steps but now it's called exercise is medicine which i love because Correct. it is you know it, it very much is medicine so tell me a little bit more about that program so it is the biggest part of it in my opinion it is a physician referred program uh, so your your doctor says, hey, I want you to participate in this wellness program. Uh, and basically, it is a supervised exercise program for eight weeks, about two months period of time. Could be for a number of reasons. Could be overweight. Uh, could be just sedentary. You're exercising for the first time. Uh, but this is a population of Mississippi that would have never walked into a fitness center if it wasn't for their doctor or nurse practitioner. Uh, PA saying, hey, I want you to uh, to get healthy and exercise. Yeah. And, you know, I write a ton of prescriptions for this for uh, my patients. And it really is it makes me more comfortable recommending exercise to folks when I know that they're going to be matched with a fitness specialist who is going to teach them the right way to do things at the safe speed or the safe amount of weight instead of me just saying, hey, you need to you need to walk more, you need to exercise more, you need to lift some weights, that kind of stuff. It really is a more controlled environment where I trust that my patients are getting evidence-based fitness care that we know will improve any myriad of chronic illnesses or just keep you healthy. You don't have to have a problem to get medically integrated fitness. You can just be well and want to stay well for that. 
Absolutely. And so it's eight weeks, uh, but you can do a second round. Too. Correct. Because I have a couple of patients who are just finishing up their first round and are, they loved it so much, they're signing on for another round of it because it really does improve your confidence overall as well. Um, you know, there is a term that I, w- I was not familiar with the term. I was familiar with the concept of uh, anxiety related to going to the gym, but I actually read a term this morning called gym timidation. Okay, so gym timidation, and it is, uh, you know, of course, the the anxiety related to going to a fitness facility and working out there. And there was actually just a study that came out, and 60% of women have gym timidation and anxiety related to going to the gym. And I I believe it, you know. Um, You know, we've talked, in in the interest of full disclosure, Kai is my trainer, so he puts up with me uh, twice a week and all my uh, faces that I make and my grunting and my sometimes bad moods. But (laughs) I always stop when I get to the machine and I say, now, how do I get on this thing? You know, because it can be intimidating when when you're doing that. And, you know, I am a group fitness instructor and I'm still intimidated, you know, moving to a different area of the gym where I might not be as comfortable um, performing different things. So what are some tips that we can get folks who are scared of going to the gym? I think a lot of that, you know, people have a picture of their mind of a gym as this place with a bunch of meatheads throwing dumbbells around. And that's just not the case uh, for, for a lot of fitness centers. Uh, and a lot of those meatheads, they may not even know exactly what they're doing. Right. Uh, they're lifting a lot of heavy weight. Uh, they may look like they know what they're doing. But but the key is, in my mind, at the, at the wellness centers, so, again, you're grouped with a fitness specialist. And even if you're just a regular gym member, we'll still give you an orientation, set you up with a general plan so that you have somewhere to start. Right. Uh, some type of cardiovascular fitness we incorporate. Uh, some type of resistance training. We show you how to use several of the machines to get started. Uh, and then even some stretching, was, which most people often neglect. But uh, we, we at least get you pointed in the right direction. We can give you an assessment on the front end also to say, you know, it, it's not a negative. It's to say, hey, this is where your uh, fitness is now. This is where your uh, fitness level, your health is now. But we like to do them about every six months or so for for the medical integration program, we do them every two months. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you see how you improve after an eight-week period. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that that's a really good place to start. Go to a center where they will help you. Yeah. Uh, that you're not just going to be out there on your own. Yeah. And you know, that is my number one tip as well is ask to speak to one of the trainers. You know, a lot of folks say, well, I can't afford a trainer. And you may not be able to, and that's okay. But I have never seen one of you guys not help somebody who says, hey, can you show me how to get, how to use this machine and how much weight should I put on that? That's the point of going to a fitness center that's got really well-educated, trained fitness specialists there that are going to help you learn how to use those things and just take you around the gym and show you where the different areas are because just because you go to a gym doesn't mean you have to hop on one of those machines you know you can do some floor work you can do some mat work which is of course my uh, least favorite uh, part of (laughs) of the workout but an equal but an important part of the workout so ask for help don't just hop on and start doing something because you may hurt yourself and then you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth for going to the gym Absolutely. People also, I think they view it as a as a ju- big judgment zone, mm-hmm. like like you're going to walk in there and people are going to say, oh, they're out of shape and they, they don't know what they're doing. Normally, they're trying to figure it out themselves. Right. They're, they're so they're, they are not concerned about 
what you're doing. So if you go in, you start asking us questions, we will guide you in the right direction. You do not have to worry about being judged uh, when you work out at the gym. No, because, I mean, you you have taken that step. You know, I'm proud every time I see somebody walk in the gym because I'm like, look at that person who is making a conscious decision to be healthier overall. So, you know, that's probably the number one thing I hear when people uh, ask me about Zumba is they're like, but I can't dance. And I'm like, well, that that's okay. You don't, this is not a this is not a rehearsal or a recital and you know it's not about that it's about moving and being active and having fun and they said well everybody's going to be looking at me nobody's looking at you everybody is looking at the instructor trying to watch their feet and their arms and all that kind of stuff nobody is caring if you're going one way and the instructor gets going the other way it's just about getting out there and and moving more and being healthier overall so don't let that fear keep you from making that that step and don't think that you have to conquer everything in one day you know just go hop on the treadmill or the elliptical and get used to being in the gym you know and go with a a plan in mind so you're not just walking around aimlessly looking at folks my saying is slow progress is better than no progress that's right you know i see folks um all the time when i'm driving they'll be at the park and they're walking and they may not be running they might not even be walking very fast but you know what they're walking faster than they were if they didn't make the decision to get up and get out there so you can only get better. Um, I tell folks, don't measure your success against somebody else's success. I mean, if I did that, I would never go back to the gym because that dude next to me lifts a ton of weight, you know, and that's fine. That's because I'm sure he didn't start there, you know, and where I started two months ago is not where I am now. So I have to judge my progress against where I started. And when I started, I couldn't lift anything and you know now we've worked our way up and i'm still not very strong but i am much stronger than i was to start with you are definitely getting better. <laughs> getting better getting better and that's all that's all it is you know regardless of what fitness uh, pathway you choose whether it's weights whether it's a zumba class whether it's yoga pilates any of those things just gauge your progress into how it was when you started i tell um uh, Zumba folks, my very first Zumba class that I ever took, I hid in the bathroom halfway through because I thought I was going to die. You know, I mean, I really did because growing up, I was very, very active, was a, a dancer. And in my head, I was still that 17 year old girl who could just go hop out there and, and do some stuff. And then so that's what I did. And my body was like, no, nah, girl, like you had have had three kids and you haven't been exercising in a hot minute. So I'm going to need for you to, to simmer down and take it a little bit slower. And so we've got to stop, you know, judging our fitness against other people's fitness. You shouldn't look like the instructor. If you look like the instructor, then the instructor wouldn't have a job. And you'd be teaching the class. <laughs> you'd be teaching yeah. the class. And if that's what your goal, if that's what you want to set for a goal, do it. But it's not going to happen overnight um, from that perspective. So don't let that fear of the unknown stop you. Get out, um, go to a gym, ask for help, or at least ask for a tour of the facility. Uh, You know, even if you're not ready to sign on for a membership, just ask for a tour and and walk around and see, talk to some of the participants that are there, some of the members that are there, and ask them what they like about the place, you know, and find one that is comfortable for you. Now, we've had um, I've had a lot of social media questions come in. um, And so I want to start with some of those. And one of them is about lifting weights. So I think that is another kind of myth that's out there that if a woman lifts weights, they're going to get 
bulky because that's what I hear. I don't want to be bulky. So, I mean, I don't I don't want to be bulky. And that's what I told you when we started. I want to increase my lean muscle mass and decrease my overall body fat percentage. So can it be done? Can you lift weights without being super ripped up? So, yeah, that that's a that's a total myth that, that especially for for women, I don't that's a common misconception. You'll just look like a bodybuilder overnight. That doesn't happen. So there's really a few things that play into that. That is how you train. Uh, also, what you eat and then how you supplement uh, legally and sometimes illegally. <laughs> so if, if people look entirely unnatural. Sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as far as how you lift, uh, what I recommend if, if you're trying to lose weight, tone up, that's a that's a common term that like, people like to use tone. Um, you're doing a mid range of repetitions, maybe 15 to 20. Uh, maybe a circuit style format where you're moving from exercise to exercise with a little rest in between. So you can also get some sort of uh, aerobic effect there. So you're burning calories uh, and you're building muscle all at the same time, but but not the bulky muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, not going to look like a bodybuilder overnight. Uh, and if you're not taking in three to four thousand calories a day, uh, which some people do, if, if you're trying to gain that of much muscle wrong, of the wrong stuff, sometimes exactly, they do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then, yeah, that, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I've got I've had people that have been coming to the gym for years now. Uh, they have toned. They have gotten stronger, but they do not look like bodybuilders. So that is a very common misconception. Uh, about women and lifting weights. Right. It all has to do with, just like you said, the kind of the amount that you're lifting and the number of repetitions. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how many reps you should be doing of stuff and what kind of weights you should start with when we come back from the break. So if you guys got a question out there about exercise and fitness and any crazy myth that you've heard, we would love to talk with you today. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and my guest today is Kai Henson, fitness specialist at the University Wellness Centers. And we're talking about exercise myths today and different things that you may have heard that aren't true or some things that you may not have heard that are true. And we would love to talk with you today. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And I have gotten several emails in that we're going to get to in just a minute, but I wanted to finish up our conversation that we were having about um, repetitions of weight, how much weight you should lift, and not judging yourself against what somebody is lifting beside you or that you've seen other folks do. 
And we were talking about not getting bulky as a, a, a female. And that one of the ways that we do that is adjusting the amount of weight, the amount of repetitions that we take. Um, you know, I went on the Internet and just, the, of course, the beautiful, fabulous place of all truths, the Internet, and uh, typed in, you know, how much uh, weight should the average female lift, you know. And it pulls up something called your one rep maximum is what most stuff pulls up and says, you know, for a 150-pound woman, they should be able to squat this amount one time. And so what the heck is a one rep maximum? Is that something that we should be shooting for or looking for? Because I know that the one rep maximum squat for my weight is nowhere near what I would feel comfortable squatting. So if you're just starting out on an exercise routine, um, especially if you haven't worked out a lot before, if you're if you're getting back into a routine, you haven't done it in a while, I don't recommend just trying to do a one rep uh, maximum. It is a good way to design a workout plan if you are conditioned, if you have been lifting for a while, uh, and you base it off of your capabilities. Um, but but to me, like I said, slow progress, better than no progress. Start out light, especially if you're starting a new program. Uh, middle repetition range, 15 to 20 reps. Depending on the machine, the weight can be different. Um, free weights, of course, are going to be different than that. But But just start out light. Uh, and then work up from there. So you do not have to start out with that one rep max like like the Internet told you. Right. Well, because, I mean, that just sounds like a good way to buy a visit to see me. If you pick Absolutely. up and do your one, you know, if, if you go, it says, I should squat 175 pounds. Yeah. You, you're going to come see me then because you hurt yourself. And then you're not going to want to go back to the gym for that fear of I'm going to hurt myself or look ridiculous or Absolutely. fall down or all of those uh, different kinds of things. So you mentioned reps. You know, when we say the word rep, we're talking about the number of times that you do a particular exercise. Correct. Um, and so you said 15 to 20. Of course, as the weight goes up, the rep amount usually comes, comes down. down a little bit on that. But don't be afraid to start light. I remember the first day in the gym with you. I mean, I was doing five and 10 pound, you know, weights, and that's completely fine. It does not matter that the dude next to you is doing whatever those really big ones are that I just choose to ignore. Um, you know, just do what it, you want to be successful. So I would rather do 15 reps of something really light than be able to do two reps of something really heavy and be grunting and looking and feeling weak. I mean, it really makes you feel not great about yourself when you can't. Right. You can't, I, can't do that. And I always, if I'm training, I always start my client out on the light end. Uh, after a couple of weeks, I promise I can catch up to wherever your fitness mm -hmm. level is. But that's just me kind of playing it safe. Uh, the more weight you lift, uh, the heavier the weight, the higher risk of injury. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just uh, statistics. So we start out light, slowly build our way up and keep in proper form along the way, which is another big one. Yep. Uh, the heavier the weight, the harder it is to keep your form. Right. So we slowly work up to that over time. Yeah, and when you start to break that form, when you start to do it incorrectly, it's time to stop. That's it. You know, it's that, that's it. That's when that face is, I make. Yeah. yeah. When you, they start you're like, oh, out. she's making the face, so we need to stop doing that's that it. one. It's time to end. All right, we've got a couple of callers, so we're going to go to Sandra in Holly Springs. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. How's the weather in Holly Springs? Uh, actually, the sun has come out, and it's pretty warm right now. Yay! Yeah. That is a welcome reprieve from all the yuckiness. What can we help you with today? Big change from last week. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. <clears throat> um, well, first of all, I'm the most undisciplined person ever. I doubt uh, it. <laughs> but I, this is my question about cardio or walking or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. What, because I've heard all different uh, ways. 
can you do it like say say you, my attention can only last ten minutes in the morning? <clears throat> excuse me, ten minutes, and then ten minutes at noon, and then ten minutes in the evening. Is that okay? Or I mean, I know it's okay, but do you get benefits from doing it in short spurts like that? Absolutely. So so what I I, I recommend or or what I go off of, Miss Sandra, is the ACSM recommendations, which is the American College of Sports Medicine. That's who I'm certified through. Uh, but they recommend 150 minutes of physical activity a week. That is the minimum. Uh, but you can break it down into as short as 10-minute ba- bouts or less. So the fact that you are making a co- conscious effort to stay active, uh, you can do, I mean, to me, that's perfect. Do some in the, some in the morning, some at lunchtime, some in the evening. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You do not have to have just a 30-minute segment of time. Uh, devoted to exercise, you can break it up through the day. So, it, uh, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, Miss Sandra. Do you get the same benefit? Does your heart, you know, I, I really need to work on my heart, and that's what I'm wanting. Do you, does it get, do I get the as good of benefit or the same benefit? You, you do. You, you're just breaking it down into shorter, shorter bouts. You're still getting an aerobic effect, so you're still using your heart and your lungs. Uh, you're just doing it multiple times a day instead of all at once. So you're you're still um, you're still definitely benefiting yourself, Miss Sandra. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. That's good news. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> bye bye, bye, Miss Sandra. Thank you for your call. And just like I said, you know, we do have research and data out there that shows ten minute bursts of activity, or I won't even say bursts because it doesn't have to be super vigorous, but 10-minute sections of physical activity do give you the comparable cardiovascular um, improvements. So absolutely, if you only have 10 minutes or if you lose focus, that's a perfect way to get started. All right, we're going to go to Jim, and he is on the road. Be safe, Jim. And How can we help you today? Hi, yes. Uh, my question is uh, about uh, the uh, sanitation in the, in the gyms. Then uh, we're facing a, a severe uh, crisis with the flu mm-hmm. right now, uh, and uh, I'm wondering uh, how does uh, your facilities uh, uh, wipe down the, the machines, the weights, the barbells, uh, the mats after people have come in and sweated on them? Uh, yeah, I, I know the staff is supposed to uh, <laughs> uh, go around and, and spray and wipe mm-hmm. it down, but mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. In fact, NBC just uh, did quite a study. I saw it, it and it was uh, the, uh, the the worst machine in the gym uh, is the uh, uh, treadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a rating of five thousand uh, contaminants. Right. Uh, on it, right? Yeah, they, they uh, went around and swabbed the different areas and quantified. Actually, all they quantified, um, if it's the same one that I saw, was bacterial load. So, of course, the flu and cold and all that kind of stuff are, are viral. So, you know, little, we don't have as much data about how much of that is present on the gym equipment. Uh, but I get get your point. So, Kai, how do we take care of that at University Wellness? So, the way we do it, and you referred to it a little bit, Jim, of course, the staff does have a role in it uh, big time. I mean, we, we kind of split the sex of the gym we wipe down the cardio the machine weights the free weights every day maybe not after each individual member but that's where also the members have a responsibility we have disinfectant wipes through multiple locations throughout the facility so when you get done using a piece of equipment we strongly recommend uh, that the member wipes down their equipment with a with an antiseptic 
uh, wipe. So that so it, it's really a dual role. It's the member, but also the staff. But I would compare it to any other public place. If you go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. you touch a buggy, especially mm-hmm. if you're at the doctor's office. Yep. Uh, you're, you're around all those things. Yep. So, uh, of course, and, and you can even sanitize it before. That, they, was, my, that was mine. <laughs> if there's a question about it, we've got the antibacterial uh, wipes. Wipe it down before. Uh, and, and then you, you don't even have, then you know, you see it with right, your own eyes right. that it's been cleaned. So and that, that's what I do. So I usually grab two sets of wipes when I go to hop on the machine. One I wipe down before I hop on, and then I wipe when I get off. The same for any of the mats that we use, that kind of stuff. I call it policing my germs or policing my sweat. There you go. And so I've got to kind of wipe, wipe my area down and keep it clean, but I do usually wipe before I get on. The other thing that people may not think of is washing your hands before you get on the equipment before you start using it and then washing when you're done as well and at the wellness centers we have uh, hand sanitizers in multiple places as well and so sometimes I just do a little drive by uh, hand sanitizer as I'm moving from different areas because you got to think you're sweating and you're going to rub your face rub your nose rub your mouth those kinds of areas Um, so you want to try and keep your hands as clean as possible as you move from from area to area with Correct. that. And then if you're sick, just stay home. Yeah, you know, you. I mean, just I mean, for real, you know, I had uh, the I had the flu um, the week of the eighth. And, you know, I had training sessions with you and I just called and said, look, I'm sick. I'm not coming. You know, Thank you. and you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I didn't want to get anybody else sick. Uh, and frankly, I felt like I was going to die. So, you know, that wasn't a big stretch for me. But, you know, if you've got the sniffles and the coughing and all that kind of stuff, Stuff, just just take a day and do something at home uh, and don't necessarily go in and expose everybody to all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it really is a, a joint partnership between the, the facility staff as well as uh, the members, you know, policing their germs and making sure that they wipe those machines down in between Correct. providers, in between um, participants. So I hope that helps, Jim. And, and don't let that fear of the germies keep you out of the gym. Uh, just make sure you wipe that equipment down before um, before you hop on for that all right you guys we've got some open lines so if you want to give us a call today we're talking about exercise and uh, the myths that are out there or just any questions that you have about how to get up and get active as we move into 2018 you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with Kai Henson, fitness specialist at University Wellness Centers, and we are talking all about exercise and fitness how to get up and get moving for this new year and kind of crushing all those myths that are out there on uh, ways that you have 
to be active uh, and kind of helping you find the right pathway to get that done. And uh, we've had a lot of great callers in. We were just finished talking about uh, sanitation at the gym. And uh, over the break, I was saying, I really want to look up the information that says how many germs are on, let's say, a shopping cart or a public restroom door or that kind of stuff and compare it to what's at the gym. Because I would imagine that they're probably roughly equal or maybe even a little grosser out in the the general uh, population out there. So I'm going to work on that over the coming week and see what is going on out there. But we've got a couple callers on the line and we do have some open lines. So if you want to talk with us today, now is the time to call. Our number is one 672 We're going to go to Gaucher and talk with John. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. I, I, I have a question. Okay. Um, I spent several decades in the gym, so mm-hmm. I was good about the gym in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, but at age 50, I got diagnosed with sarcoidosis. Okay. And uh, the last 10 years, I've been on very high doses of prednisone, mm-hmm. as high as 40, 50, and 60 milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, subsequently, I have severe osteopenia right. and severe osteoporosis, and uh, during my last uh, uh, bone density scan, they it was about three years ago. They said, you have the bones of a 95-year-old. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would like to find a trainer who's kind of specialized who can help me along. Right. Uh, not just your generic trainer, but someone right. who's good with special cases like mine. Right. All right. Kai, you got any yeah, tips I, for us there? I would say uh, this is something, John, that, that we're working on in the state of Mississippi, uh, having not only just certified personal trainers, but those with a degree background and maybe more so toward the medical integrated fitness that, that I referenced earlier. Um, John, that, that's something right now we have locations in Brandon, Mississippi and Lakeland, Mississippi. Um, I say it would be, it, it, you know, I, w- I wouldn't say there wouldn't be a trainer with that sort of background. There probably are in north, south, east, west, all over Mississippi, but it's just how to find them. Mm-hmm. I would go to, you know, the closest fitness center uh, and talk to some of their trainers, see what their background is, see if they have worked with more special populations. Um, that's, that's kind of a tough question, but it's something that, you know, hopefully that UMC, the University Wellness Centers, will continue to push out from central Mississippi and try to reach some of those uh, further places so that we can get you, you know, more more certified, more trained, more educated, uh, you know, trainers or fitness specialists to work with you uh, for issues like that. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where I would start. Okay. Do, do some of the trainers have, like, degrees in kinesiology? Absolutely. Or? Absolutely. Okay. So, it, I mean, it, it depends on, and that's what I would say, try to find a, a, a degree certified uh, cert- certification uh, trainer because somewhere in their education, I'm sure they went over you know something a- along the lines of special populations. Um, but th- that's where I would I, I wouldn't if they don't have some kind of deg- degree background. In your case, uh, I would I would maybe you know look around try to find yeah. someone. And you may even okay. want to contact the hospital in the area because they may have somebody that they refer you know special or more complex medical cases out to maybe even their physical therapy department would be able to work with you a little bit to design some kind of exercises that would be beneficial for you, but not 
injure you uh, as well. And just like Kai said, look for for someone who has a degree as well as a certification because you know you can get you can go online and get a personal training certification. I mean, I could go online and get it and. I don't need to train people. That's why I pay Kai to train me. Um, you know, so <laughs> so you want to make sure that you've got somebody that's got a background in uh, exercise science or kinesiology or sports medicine, something like that, that truly understands the way that the body responds to different weight loads and different planes of motion and all those kinds of things to keep you safe and active. Um, but, yeah. Very good. I, I'll try both of those. I'll, I'll try... Uh Maybe a, a consultation from my uh, doctor to the physical therapist, yeah. and, and, and I'll try uh, a local gym yeah. that has certified trainers. There you go. All right, and if you have need any help, you just send me an email, and I'll be happy to try and help you find somebody as well, okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome. You have a good day. All right, we're going to go to Pontotoc um, and talk to, is it Riggin? Yes, ma'am. All right, good morning, Riggin. How are you? I'm well. Good. How can we help you today? Well, I'm an installer for Wilder Fitness, and okay. I, put in, I put in weightlifting equipment for all types of gyms, but mainly bigger high schools, custom systems, mm-hmm. mostly football programs. Yeah. And I have had staff, I don't know how many times, and it normally it turns into an encapsulated situation, I have to have to cut out. And what I'm getting at is I'd like to take a moment to raise awareness with coaches, janitorial staff, whoever's in charge. Most schools I go in do not possess the three components to fight staff, which is hot water, good soap and clean hand towels Mm -hmm. and i mean it's just not there and it's just a rare school that i go to that has all three things and i just you know what i'm saying unless you have all three things you're not really doing any good if you've just got water and no soap right same same deal for restaurants and any of that kind of stuff you're you're exactly right there's there's three components that you have to have you have to have hot water some kind of um sanitizer depending on what pathogens it is you're targeting and then uh, some kind of clean clean delivery device whether it be you know uh, paper towels or towels or whatnot has to be in place that's, that's, i just hope this uh, reaches someone that will put some effort into yes science for our schools yes absolutely so thank you for that comment and that call and you're absolutely right um that we need to have all those things around it i actually really like the fact that um at the wellness centers, it's paper towel dispensers on the wall so that we're not schlepping dirty towels from area to area to area. And just that just grosses me out when I <laughs> when I think about it. I see germs everywhere. I think I have germ goggles on for that. But thank you for calling, Regan. You have a good day, okay? You too, ma'am. Thank you. All right, so we do have some open lines if you want to call. Our number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and we're talking exercise and fitness and the myths out there related to that and how to get active this coming year. We would love to talk with you. Um, I want to pick back up and with some of these emails that I've gotten, and one um, I got actually from a fellow uh, Zumba instructor. Now, this is not a local Zumba instructor. This is on the um, the national uh, Zumba registry that they have asked this question. Um, she says that she teaches Zumba four times a week. Um, so that's, and most Zumba classes are about an hour. So we're talking to about 240 minutes of Zumba uh, a week for several years. And she was told by a personal trainer that if she wanted to start building muscle, that she needed to cut two of those Zumba classes out per week. Is that true? Uh, I wouldn't, not, not necessarily. So, I mean, she's getting 240 minutes a week. The recommendation is 150 minutes of, of, of moderate. Hers is probably more moderate to vigorous. Um, but she could just increase her calorie intake and healthy calorie intake. 
uh, if she's really trying to to gain some muscle mass, uh, to bulk up, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's where I would start. And then again, as far as the weight training, it probably is going to be a little heavier, probably a, 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 a medium to heavy opposed to just a, a, a medium weight. And she may be doing it a few less times. So I would more so modify how she's training and how she's eating rather than saying just don't do cardio. Right. Uh, that, that might be the Because if she cut out. two of those classes out, I mean, she would be down to 120 minutes a week, which is not even going to meet those basic Absolutely. guidelines yeah, for that, that. That's a little below the minimum, even though it, it probably is still pretty Some vigorous. Some mix of vigorous to moderate. It, it, exactly. But, you know, I think probably what that trainer was getting at was the, the thought that you can over cardio train and that's going to impact your ability to build muscle. So what's the response to that? So so it can. But but I, I, I look at to me, uh, excessive cardio may be a marathon runner, whereas to them, it's not excessive. That's right. their goal right. uh, to run far distances. And the lighter you are, uh, the, the less your body has to work to move you a certain distance. Uh, so in, in that case, I mean, for the general population, there, there's not a big fear uh, of, of overtraining for cardio. But when you get into the more, uh, I, I guess, you know, sporting style events, if, if you're trying to run a long distance, um, yeah, you, you, you can overtrain. Um, but it, it's highly unlikely in general population, like in her case, she, she's not going to overtrain with four Zuma classes right. a week. Right. It's not like she's running, goals. you know, 10 miles a day every day, you know, that kind of stuff with that. So kind of to piggyback on on that whole conversation, does strength training improve cardiovascular fitness? So it can. Uh, it, it depends on how you train again. So what you would do there, you would do what I would consider a moderate weight, you know, higher repetition, 15 to 20 repetitions. Um, and then your rest intervals are shorter. Mm-hmm. So if you're moving from exercise to exercise to exercise to exercise, such as w- what we do a lot of the right. time, yeah. circuit style or superset training, superset just meaning back and forth exercises, you're still not resting a ton. Uh, yes, it is. It is proven you can get an aerobic effect. I don't think it takes the place of cardiovascular activity uh, alone, just doing the circuit style training, but but it does get into some uh, some of your aerobic capacity. So I so you can. To yeah, answer so your question. I mean, it's a, it should be a mix between the two. To me, uh, strength training for me, it's just about increasing overall strength, which it has translated to an improvement in my run times. You know, from before. I mean, I will tell you, I was a very very slow runner. Like my, I had a eleven minute one mile, which. That I mean nobody. Everybody's going to catch me. Like the bear is going to catch me, but okay. yeah, but that's okay. But you know, just starting the strength pro- strength program. I don't know if it also correlates to I'm now thinking more about my cardiovascular fitness. But I'm down to eight forty on my mile. Fantastic. I mean, I've cut you know a lot of time off of my mile there. You know, I'm still not going to win any events or anything, but there's probably somebody that the bear will get to before they get to me. Because you, you don't go. have to be the fast person. You just have to be the fast, faster than the slowest person <laughs> to keep from getting eaten by the bear. So um, uh, we've talked about the 150 minutes for cardiovascular or aerobic activity. What is the guideline for strength or resistance training? So strength training, what is recommenda- recommended by ACSM, two to three days a week. Uh, and kind of a full body picture. So you're doing a little bit of everything. Uh, as far as how to split that up, you can do, like, for instance, if you did a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you could do full body every day. 
as long as there wasn't excess soreness. Normally, muscle groups, major muscle groups, require about 48 hours uh, of healing time on average. It depends on, you know, how intense the, mm-hmm. the workout was. But two to three days a week, you could do Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever fits in your schedule. You can do it every day mm-hmm. uh, if you're more specific, if you have uh, what I call more of a push focus, pull focus, uh, leg focus. You know, you, you, you could do it more often. Uh, and then on the fourth day, repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you can strength train every day, but just for general population, two to three days a week, uh, full body is yeah. sufficient. That's really all you need there. And that's completely doable. And you got to think you're not you're not in there for a long time. I mean, it's not a you're not pumping iron for two hours. I mean, you're in there for 30 minutes to an hour, you know, doing some stuff. The way I break it up is I do 30 minutes of cardio and then I do 30 minutes of, of strength. Um two days a week there you go and that's the way i make it work and then i try and work in one at home um you know usually it's me doing push-ups with my kid on my back he hops on you know and that's my extra resistance there but you can use just body weight to build resistance absolutely so you don't have to actually use free weights or any of the machines or any of those kind of things that's body weight exercise oh there's there's a ton of body weight exercises you can do and basically it's you versus gravity at that but that is your resistance that is your weight so to speak uh so yeah you can uh whether it's you, you don't necessarily have to be in the gym. Like you said, you can be at home playing with the kids, yep. doing push-ups with kids mm-hmm. on your back. That's some <laughs> or great without activity. them, you know, to you start go. with. But mine usually hop on there and say, give me a ride, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's there's push-ups that you can do, modif- definitely modified push-up. When I say I do a push-up, I don't do like the with my toes. From the knees. I do it there from the go. knees because I'm not that strong That's yet. okay. I, maybe I'll get there. But, again, I'd rather see good form on the push-up then try and do it incorrectly and, and hurt yourself um you can do uh my i'm learning to love this exercise i will not say i love it but i am learning to love it the plank a, yeah. the plank yes <laughs> the plank um and it really is a confidence booster with the plank because you do get better from week to week on that over time yeah. i mean the thing the first time we did a plank about 40 seconds in, I thought I was going to die. I was like, I'm going to, I might pass out and just fall on my face right out here. And I think we're up to like a minute and a half now, you know, and so you feel... And could probably do a little bit more. I mean, it's really good for you. It really engages a lot of different muscles at one time for that. So it's a, it's a good exercise. And there's there's modified versions of that as well. You could do from a bench. You could do straight arm planks. So there's uh, almost everyone can do a version of a plank. A plank, yep. And uh, speaking of body weight exercises, I did get uh, an email question that came in and said, you know, I see all of these things in fitness magazines that say do these exercises and get, uh, you know, fantastic abs. And it's usually some form of crunch or some form of sit-up. Uh, do crrunches and sit Will they give you a six-pack? So to answer your question, no, uh, <laughs> unfor- so. <laughs> unfortunately, this gets into something called spot reduction. Uh, and that is going to the gym thinking, if I start working out my triceps, you know, my, my, the I flabby, guess, the grandma wing, uh-huh. whatever you want to call it. I call it a chicken breast because yeah, that's what mine looks like when it whips. That it's just going to go away. So to answer your question, no, your abdominals will get stronger. Your core, as I like to call it, will get stronger doing crunches. There's a variety of ab exercises, planks. Are one as well, but no, you're not just going to suddenly have a thin midsection 
that's where it gets into more of the cardiovascular and especially the nutrition. So if you want to change the way you look, the first place you gotta to change start, the way you eat. Exactly. Is yeah. the kitchen. There yeah. you go. I mean, it, it truly is. Because just like you said, your muscles are going to get stronger. But as long as your body fat stays the same, they're just the strong muscles are hidden underneath exactly. a little layer of flubber. Yeah, that's what I call mine. That's my little my little layer of flubber. Um, but as you make better choices nutritionally, the combination of your cardio and your weight training is going to reduce that body fat percentage, and you'll be able to slowly see those muscles exactly. underneath that you that can layer. Then see the results. And then you can see the results, just like triceps, because that that's my least favorite part of myself is that little wiggle jiggle that I've got going on under my arms and my triceps are definitely stronger because I remember the very first tricep exercise we ever did I was shocked and amazed at how absolutely ridiculously puny I was I was like oh my gosh how do I function in life I don't think I've ever used that muscle before and the the muscle is stronger there's not really a considerable change in the way the back side of my arm looks but I know that the muscle is getting stronger so you've got to you got to marry the two things together absolutely. to get get better results from that uh, what about muscle memory? That's a big hot term that we hear around muscle memory, that if I did an exercise in the past, it's going to be easier for me to do it, even if I haven't done it in a long time. So, yeah, um, there, there are a lot. I've been looking into this more. There's a couple ways to come at it. But but what really happens, a lot of it is more of a neural adaptation. So you've done it before. Your nervous system sort of remembers what it was like to lift this or, or, or that weight. Uh, so, yeah, normally you can advance a little quicker than someone who has never lifted before. It also gets into actually the muscle nuclei. Uh, the, the, the muscle fiber itself can degrade over time. The muscle nuclei is still there. So that kind of skips a part of the process when you get back into lifting or exercising. It doesn't have to create the nuclei again. It's already there. The muscle fiber can slowly build and build a little quicker. Uh, than someone who is who is not conditioned to exercise or hasn't exercised before, uh, so there really uh, I, I would compare it to uh, more of the, the nervous system. But then again, there there is an actual adaptation that your body makes with your with your mu- muscle nucleus. Which is why if you you know used to be very active, which a lot of us were when we were younger, and then we're coming back at it now as we're a little older. We do seem to progress a little bit quicker than maybe somebody who was not active younger. And that all goes back to not comparing yourself to somebody else. So just because we're the same body weight and body style, if I've been active in in the past and you haven't, I may progress a little bit quicker with with the amount of weight that I'm able to lift, the amount of reps that I'm able to do than someone who hasn't. Just because my my muscles and my nervous system kind of remember you there know you so you may stay two weeks at a certain weight and the other person may progress week to week a little bit uh, heavier weight but it's it's so it's it's very cool the way our bodies are built like that to remember uh, and do things like that but it is never too late to get started so just because you didn't lay those uh, nerve fibers down a long time there ago and go. that memory doesn't mean you can't get started now and so really because we're almost out of time which i can't believe we've been talking and having so much fun I wanted to to broach the term functional fitness really quick um, and what that term means and is it for real and should we be doing it? So it's a couple different realms uh, of fitness. One of them is CrossFit, which is a little more uh, intense, extreme type of activity. I'm scared. Yeah, (laughs) that is functional fitness. Uh, And and CrossFit has gotten a lot better as a a sport, as an organization of teaching proper form, yes, proper mechanics. They do a great that, job. that was a big thing at first. 
uh, people were getting injured. They were doing it incorrectly. Uh, those guys are certified now. So, uh, But that is a little more intense. The other side of functional fitness may be uh, for our senior group, uh, and they're just basically doing everyday uh, exercises to replicate uh, activities of daily living, whether that's squatting, bending over correctly, uh, you know, if you're bending down to pick something, moving with your legs opposed to bending at the hips kind of thing. Uh, so functional fitness can be good for, for all ages. But um, so, so that, that sort, of, sort of answers the question there. It can be kind of looked at from two ways, the more intense side and then just staying functional as we age. Right. And that's so important. You know, uh, I've recommended, you know, this medically integrated fitness to some of my older patients. And they're like, are you really telling me to go to the gym? Yes, ma'am. I'm really telling you to go to the gym. You're never too old to get in and get learning how to be as independent for as long as you can. And that's really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about functional fitness. Um, being able to do those activities of daily living safely and effectively for as long as you're able to do. You know, the, the longer we can keep you at your home and out of a nursing home or somewhere like that, the overall healthier you're going to be um, and be independent that way. Um, and you learn how to do those things safely and correctly so that you're not injuring yourself. Um, the second piece of that, which I think is often neglected in our older population, is flexibility and stretching. Flexibility is so important for our older population because we all know that falls increase as we get older. But Absolutely. if you're more flexible then you're able to auto-correct. I call it auto-correcting, where if you start to trip or you start to fall, you're able to kind of right yourself and steady yourself back up instead of just falling. So that's a a part that shouldn't be neglected. No, and there are stretches you you can perform at any age also. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, you know, for a quad stretch, if you're 75, 80, you may not be able to pick up your leg anymore and stretch it. Uh, but there, there are assisted quad stretches mm-hmm. where you can get someone to help you with that. There's a lot of seated stretches you can do, uh, but absolutely less risk of falls and, and then uh, less chance of falls, mm-hmm. like you said, kind of the autocorrection. Mm-hmm. If you're a little more flexible, maybe a little bit more flexible and a little bit uh, working on that core strength as well, you're able to fix it when you start to lose your balance or fall. So that works great for older patients. It works great for folks who have balance issue problems, like maybe like my mom has multiple sclerosis. So we work on balance with her because she is more likely to fall. And so even though she's not super, you know, not very old, um, we worry about her falling. And so we work on, you know, stretching on her and core strength on her so that she doesn't fall as often and there are a myriad of chronic conditions out there that would benefit um, from that even your things like um, regular arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis Absolutely. you know you want to protect those joints and learn how to take care of those in the best way possible so our hour is up and as always i have enjoyed uh, having kai henson here in the office uh, with me and we're going to try and get him back in here one more time before he leaves us to go to pa school in april and we wish him all the best of luck for that um, and if you guys didn't get a chance to get your questions in today, you can always email me at fit at mpbonline.org. And I'll be back next week and we will be talking about the new high blood pressure guidelines, what that means for you, and uh, medications and different types of therapies that can help you improve your blood pressure overall. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.
This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 